Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. All right, what's up, guys? Good morning. Welcome to Game Changer. I'm David Villa. I'm here with my wife, Diana. Actually, Mike, you can turn my ears way down because as I'm talking, they're very loud. <laughs> It was just the music in the beginning was different. So, all right. What's up? Welcome to the show. You can turn down a little more slightly. <laughs> you just understand. I'm not trying to change the subject. It's like blindingly. It's like or definitely. It's, it, it caused me to not speak properly. Pierce the very. That's hard to do. Pierce the very soul in the sunder like the word of God. Whoa. We good? Can I borrow that please? <laughs> So I was going to start the show. I was like ready to start it right after the uh, intro and uh, then everything went black. But uh, I was going to start it by saying, what, what is some of your advice? If you're watching and you can put comments, maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening, uh, you know, driving down the road on Spotify or you're sitting, you know, with someone, maybe your significant other and you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And be careful if you're sitting very close to them, if your answer is going to get you punched. But um, maybe you can weigh in, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on finances and relationship. We're going to talk about that this week. Now we are going to, sp- to split those. So we're going to start today and tomorrow and we're going to talk about finances. And then, um, Wednesday, we're either going to carry over into another day of finances, or we're going to shift into relationship. And then, uh, Thursday and Friday, we're going to talk a little bit about relationship and, uh, but they do go hand in hand. And these are two of the, um, Two of the biggest things I think that uh, couples, obviously, relationship is is about a couple, but finances is the it's the number one reason you know financial issues and struggles. That's the number one reason that couples go to the level of divorce, or the number one reason for argument. And so we're going to discuss that. And um, today we're talking about putting God first in your finances. And I think that you know if you if you I'm going to ask you to share this if you're watching on uh, Facebook. Um, you know, tell somebody about it, share the link. If you're watching on YouTube, post it into maybe one of your other uh, platforms. And um, somebody that follows you needs to hear this. We all have to deal with money. And, you know, we certainly don't have all the answers, but, you know, we do have a testimony and not just a testimony, but a life that's a testimony. And it wasn't because, can I just start out by saying it was not because of our pedigree it was not because of the side of the tracks that we were born on. It was not because of our college education. Um, it was not because of, you know, uh, it would, it would, our family, they're not in the banking business. I mean, we, you know, there's a number of reasons, you know, that somebody would think, but none of those are true. And it is because of the um, grace of God. It is because of the principles of God's word. And it is because of the failures that we made, the wrong decisions that we made. And because we made so many wrong decisions, you know, we, by the grace of God, got it right finally. And so we believe we have something to share in the area of finance. It's not just because we have some money or we have a business or that we have some experience success at certain areas. It is because we've applied these principles and we've watched them work. So if that, if that, if that appeals to you, if that interests you at all, maybe you need to get a piece of this, then I'm going to ask you not only to tune in, comment, ask questions over the next couple of days, but share this 
with somebody. Amen? Putting God first in your finances. Let me just start by asking my wife this. You know, we've been married 28 years this past April. Would you say the entire marriage that we've loved the Lord? Yes. Okay, we we were saved before we got married. Yes. Okay, did we always put God first in our finances, even though we were Christians? No. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes the shoes seemed a little bit more important. The like what? The new shoes. And oh, new I thought you meant suit seemed a little bit more important. Mm-hmm. And then you had buyer's remorse afterwards. <laughs> but uh, what she's referring to is the many, 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 many times that we couldn't pay a bill. And I'm, you know, this is gonna this is gonna relate to so many people. There's so many of you that aren't gonna admit it, but you're gonna laugh. And some of you are gonna be like, "Oh man, I'm right there now." But there were so many times where we could not pay rent, and then we made some money. And because we made some money, but it wasn't enough to pay the rent, we just went and bought some clothes, <laughs> or we just That's went out and ate dinner. Story. So we're like, you know, well, we can't pay this thousand dollar rent. We only have seven hundred dollars right here. So you know what wisdom? So we're gonna him. We were we were gonna believe him for the thousand, but we were gonna spend whatever we had right then in our hands. Well, because we can't pay the full thousand, we might as well go ahead and get some clothes. Yeah, that's what makes I total mean, sense. Like, Lord will bless us with the full thousand <laughs> next week. So we we made some dumb decisions and and yes, um, and we did not put God first in our finances. And one of the things, and we're gonna talk about this and kind of kick it off. One of the areas that we that I growing up in church, you know, had heard about. Many of you know the word tithing, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to kick off with tithing, and we're going to kick off with giving. We're going to talk about the power of both. And I'm going to tell you that when it became a principle, it's, it's, it is a principle. It is a law. It is, a, it, is a, uh, it is something that God puts in his word and then promises that he will uphold. And so we're going to talk about that. And so, you know, I, I believe, um, you know, there are a lot of Christians— you know, out there that are not living successful. Let me just flip it around and say it this way. There are a few Christians out there that are really living successful lives when it comes to this area. And, you know, listen, you can buy, you know, uh, All Saints. You could buy, you know, Prada. You could you could even stand in the line at the Louis Vuitton store. You know, we were uh, walking through the mall, an international mall around Christmas time. And listen, there was a line outside. We were just walking through and it was like Red Rover, Red Rover line. You know, like, I mean, like, there were like 100 people outside the Louis Vuitton store. Look, I'm not judging books by the cover, but I'm pretty certain there were some folks, there were some, there were some folks in that line that had no business being in that line. I don't really know who they were or which ones they were, but I'm going to tell you there were some people buying Louis Vuitton for themselves or their loved ones in lieu of paying rent or paying some bills. And uh, you can wear that and you can buy that, but how many know that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't determine the success level. Um, and so we're going to talk about, you know, how to become successful as a believer financially. And so f- first, you know, many of you and many believers across the world, I believe, have accepted the devil's definition of success. And I think the first thing you have to do is you have to identify the difference in uh, what God considers success and what he doesn't consider success. And so understand that the enemy, right, the devil, he's the father of all lies. Like it's, it's even understood that he can't tell the truth. You know, he's the father of all lies and he set up a false target of wealth, a false target of power, a a false target of fame. And then he says that, that wealth 
and power and fame is the ultimate sign of success. The ultimate sign of success. And so it, this is a lie, of course. And Jesus said that if that life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, look, I'm not, listen, I'm not, again, I got a nice car. I like stuff, okay? But what we're talking about here is putting God first in your finances. And what happens when you don't put God first in something? He's, he's not, he's what? He's second. He's third. He's, he's not first. What is that called? When you don't put God first and you put something before God, what is that called? Idolatry. Idolatry. It's an idol. And so what I'm going to try to get you to understand is that when you do what Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these other things will be added unto you. And there's also things that God will keep you from. There's things that, you know what, that he won't allow you to get in your life if you seek him first. Why? Because he knows that that could be the downfall. There are things in my life that if I were allowed to have access to at the wrong time in my life, then I can tell you that it would have taken me over the cliff. And so we're going to talk about that. And so, listen, it's cool to have stuff. I mean, listen, believe me, I believe this, that God authored it in you. He placed that godly ambition, that drive to, to do something for him. That purpose was given by him. But he said that life doesn't consist in an abundance of, of possessions. And Daniel said that God is the one who sets up kings. He sets up kings and he throws down others. You know, and Solomon said that we're all vapors. And you got to understand who Solomon was. Solomon was the richest person in the world. It is, it is, it is uh, said by scholars that understand the values that are in Solomon's time versus today, that he would be the wealthiest person. He'd be wealthier than, than Bezos. He'd be wealthier than Bill Gates. He'd be wealthier than uh, Warren Buffett. That he'd be the wealthiest and has been the wealthiest person in the world of all time. And he was the one who God said, what would you like to have? And he asked for wisdom, and then God gave him riches and fame. But at the end of his life, he wrote that we're all vapors, and when we vanish, no one will remember us long. When you were just talking a few <clears throat> minutes ago, just to remind you, really it boils down to, even with tithing, with, which most, most things that we deal with in our life, it really has to do with a heart posture. Mm -hmm. Where is your heart postured? Um, you know, the Word of God talks about that, you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks beyond that and sees the heart. So, mm. you know, when you're talking about what we, you know, standing in line for a Louis Vuitton or whatever, you know, that's all outward things, but where is our heart in that situation? So, mm -hmm. you know, all things always come back to our heart posture. And you have one. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're not saying anything that you like, you like Louis Vuitton, right? I am comfortable in Louis Vuitton and I'm, tar I'm comfortable in Target. I don't really care but if I like, like it. I like but it. But you have one, just in case anybody ever sees you at one that, but you have it in the right place, right? You like them. You don't say anything bad about them. You like no, them. I'm yeah. not. I'm just saying that it comes down to your heart posture. Mm -hmm. I think at the same time, um, you know, it's okay to be blessed or to have things or to work and, you know, for things, you know. So I'm, I'm not saying anything against that, but I'm not consumed by that. Mm -hmm. Again, I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in from Wally World to, you know, Nima Marcus, it doesn't really matter to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the heart posture is, you know, really important. Um, and so you know, when we're talking about getting our finances right, you're saying it starts with getting your heart right. It has because to. Because you're not going to, it's not, this is not a, this is, we're not, we're not sitting here as financial advisors, you know, licensed, you know, uh, uh, financial Definitely planners not. or investors and telling you what to do. That's not this type of, 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 you know, of session, you know, 
And, you know, so, so understand that this is based on principles that even if you're the best or most savvy investor in the world and you don't have these principles lined up, as a believer, I believe that God's blessing won't be over your finances because the first thing he says to do regardless, and you can have some success and experience some, you know, um, some growth in the finances, but as a believer, once you know and understand that there's an enemy that desires to attack you in the area of finances, that there is also a God that tells you the absolute guaranteed way. We're going to talk about that to protect it. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Um, I think starting somewhere also here, if you're not, if you've, you know, if you're a Christian and you haven't been tithing, I want to start by saying, you know, there's no condemnation in that. Mm -hmm. Start somewhere. Um, You know, the word of God talks about the 10%, but if, you're only comfortable with the 5%, start somewhere. Um, you know, I've seen the, the principles of God work. Um, we had someone early on in our ministry um, give to things that, you know, causes, things that we were doing, uh, missions that we were doing within uh, ministry of someone that really knew God. I don't really know their heart. I don't want to judge their heart, but was a business person that gave to us multiple times. And I know the Lord blessed them because they sowed into. So it's also about sowing into good ground as well. Um, I think another thing that... We're going to get into that too, the power of tithing and giving. Go ahead. um, And then I think also when the Lord's instructed in you, you're doing that, you can't... I mean, I think you got to find good ground, but once you give it, you have to release it Mm -hmm. and let it go and let it do its work. So, you know, you don't plant a seed and then start digging it up to see what's happening underneath. You plant it and you just watch it, yeah. Watch it grow. So, so let, well, let's start with the power of tithing. We got two topics we're going to try to talk target today, and then also, um, you know, spill into tomorrow, and that is the power of tithing, and then the power of giving. And we're going to talk about both of those, and we'll get to some of the giving today as well. But then we're spilling to that tomorrow. And uh, let me just say this, you know, scroll back up a tad bit, Mike. You know, um, many people don't believe that God wants them to truly be successful. And so they said, settle for mediocrity or settle for mediocre and what's easily attainable in life. And can I just say that's also something that has plagued the church. You know, we have this poverty mindset. You know, I want you to honestly ask yourself this. God had all eternity to plan out my life and your life, Diana's life. So if that's the way it is, is this the best he could come up with? Or have I simply settled for much less than I'm supposed to? And so I want you to understand that, you know, God wants you blessed, but he wants you blessed his way. And his way, by the way, always is designed to not only give you something, it's designed to spill over outside of you and touch others. The testimony to know that the fruit is there, the testimony is people around you are being blessed because of God's blessing over your life. And so, you know, it all started, you know, when Diane and I decided, you know, we'd commit to tithing because we talked about, you know, times when we didn't. And so we had fixed income and that fixed income was, you know, um, you know, it wasn't fixed. Barely surviving. The fixed income was, it wasn't fixed. It was broken. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we got, you know, we don't have time to go into our stories, but we had, I mean, in one month I had two cars repossessed and we got evicted from an apartment 
And then at another time, we had a, another car yanked out of our driveway. Um, you know, I don't know why they kept, I don't know how we kept getting loans for cars, you know, <laughs> but, or how we did, I don't remember, it's been so long, but, you know, I remember one time we negotiated with, uh, with, a, with a bank and actually took a car to a parking lot because we didn't want to be embarrassed and dropped, this is like the fourth car we got repossessed. You've seen a trend here? Like we actually took a car to a parking lot of a grocery store, left the keys in it, and they straight up came and got it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and I can't tell you how many times checks were bounced, and I can't tell you how many times we were threatened to be evicted, and, you know, we were renting early on in our marriage, and, you know, we went through some serious struggles, and it was because we were, we, it wasn't because we didn't have access to finances. You know, we were probably making more money, not, obviously not anywhere close to where we've been in the last couple of decades when we got it right, but we were making more money than our peers, our, our people around us, or we were, we were generating some money. We were just bad stewards. And it started with the fact that we didn't think that we could give to God in the area of tithing that, you know, he says to do. And, you know, there's some things that he says, I want to get into that, but, you know, we fell on hard times, you know, and we, we tithe and then we would fall on hard times and then we'd renege on our commitment. You know, then we, then we'd tithe again and then we'd, you know, then we'd, we'd stop and then we would say, you know what, we're going to catch God next week, you know, and then, you know, we'll, we'll catch up next week. And, and, you know, and that next week became the next week. And then it became like to the point where not only did we owe rent, but technically we would owe God. So if you owe rent and you owe God, which one are you going to pay? You're going to pay rent because you're like, well, I mean, God, you know, I mean, I, mean, I can't really touch God here, but I'm going to get evicted. You see what I'm saying? So the reality is it became something that we could never catch up with. And uh, we, we had major problems. I mean, we robbed Peter to pay Paul so much that, like, you know, Peter would duck and hide from us. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like Peter saw us coming, and he would run. And he was like, oh, he man. Was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> Peter left his wallet at home when he came to visit us. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we robbed Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. We recommitted. We recommitted to God, and our dollars stretched. And after learning this lesson in our marriage, we decided to remain faithful in tithing, in the area of tithing, and to be a blessing to others no matter what. And years later, to, up to the day, we have never gone one time, one day, one week without being in a possession, position to bless others. And I can tell you it is because of tithing. So let's talk about that. The thought of giving up money is fearful to someone who's thinking that, you know, and, and you've been, you bought into the lie that <clears throat> the church is just after my money, <clears throat> that they're just, listen, I'm going to tell you, I've been, in, I've been around church and I, we are a for-profit business. You know, we don't, we're, we're, we're not a, we are a business, but I've been around ministry and, and currently and in the past. And I can tell you that the, you know, there are, that I can tell you the church that we're part of doesn't need anybody's money. God's blessing them hand over fist. And, you know, the reality is it's about the kingdom. And don't fall, fall into that lie and let the enemy stop you because of that. So the fear of giving up money, right? We question, you know, whether we'd be able to meet our needs. We, we question, you know, how can we do this? We're just gaining momentum. You know, we put money as an idol at one time because we started gaining momentum. You say, well, when I start making that kind of money, I'll tie too. No, you won't. Because it gets harder when you have to, when you have to give away more. And then all of a sudden you start going, wait, I got enough to pay my bills. However, <clears throat> and I could really use this extra money to do some things, but if I give it away, I'm back just paying my bills. 
<clears throat> it is a stewardship and it is a, it is a process. And so, you know, we'd ask ourselves that. So the reality is this, Diane, and I got a tattoo here, but does the concept of tithing really make sense? How could God expect us to live off of 90% of our income when we could barely make ends meet at that time? Or how can he do more with 90 than I could do with 100? Amen. Let's talk about that for a second. I, I would say probably not growing up in a Christian home, Mm-hmm. And um, that was a really hard concept for me at first because I've always been someone that's given in different ways. But knowing, you know, my parents, my, my father passed away last year, but he um, worked all the way up until he could not work anymore. And that was the last year of his life. He was in and out of the hospital and stuff like that. But um, so that was really a hard thing. And even my mother now, she she still she owns a restaurant and she works. And so I think that was a concept. I I grew up in a household of parents that, you know, were always working. And so, um, I I feel like that was harder for me. And, you know, I, we didn't go to church, so I didn't really see that exampled in front of me. So that was a hard concept. And I can remember at times like, you know, David being raised in church, kind of going like, well, you pray about that Mm -hmm. and let me know how God's going to work that electric bill out. And, um, you know, but when I'm not we, really sure that's the right way to do it either, because I sound based on that. It sounded like I was throwing that in your face. That'll get into a relationship on Wednesday, but that's not the proper. <laughs> way, that's not the proper way for me to have done that if I did it that way. Now I don't. I don't. She has a better memory, you know, about things I do than I do. But I'm just saying I probably didn't do it that way. But you know, I mean, there's a chance. If I did, don't do it that way, because that's not going to help things either, right? By throwing the word, you just pray about that. You see what God. You get her God. That doesn't work, you know, either. No, I said yeah. that to you, like, you oh. pray about it and let me know about it. Oh, when, once oh, yeah, it's all yeah. oh yeah, she out. did say that that way, yeah. David <laughs> so, has a guilty conscience when the I story I mean, he must well, have thought like, it or that? something. <laughs> but, um, you know, I kind of, <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you see, sure, your sins will find you out. I didn't realize he was doing that behind the scenes. But um, I... It makes more sense that she did that. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that when we did finally make a commitment, it was really strange. At that time, I can remember... Um, checking the mail one day and someone mentioned this about checks coming unexpected checks we actually had that happen to us it was like a refund this. of a deposit i don't remember Go ahead. it was like a, a refund of a deposit like we already were stretched we paid tithe and we received a check back from the electric company it was like a refund of the deposit i'm like well we still have electricity i'm not sure why you're refunding <laughs> me the deposit but um okay sure so i mean there was things like that that would kind of happen or you know we we had great parents that you know helped us in those seasons too so I think that you know even when you're honoring I think God uses people sometimes Mm so when you're honoring God with your tithe or your giving and maybe it's not enough doesn't make sense I think God does use people to bless you um so it might not be like he all of a sudden like you know, a rubber band, he like, he stretches it. No, sometimes right. he uses people to bless you to be able to meet those needs. So I think it's, it shows up in different ways in different areas, but I think it's about building, first of all, heart, heart, the heart posture, but then the discipline. And that was really probably the hardest part, which human nature, I think, is not to be disciplined. So I think that was one of the things that God was working out for us is being disciplined. And I think in the small, when we were at this level, I think God worked those things out in us so that when, you know, we were at a different place in life, it wouldn't be hard because the disciplines were already there. Even though maybe the checks get bigger, um, the discipline was there. So um, I think start wherever you're at. And I think for us personally, you know, as parents, teach your children that early. I feel like we tried to do that with our kids so that it wouldn't be hard for them. Um, we, 
tried to show them as soon as they started getting jobs, you know, obviously they were still living at home, but that was like one of the, like the absolutes, like when they got their paycheck, I don't know why they allowed us to be so involved in everything, but they sure did when they started well, I working. Think they see, I think they see the fruit of the areas. There's a lot of things that we've gotten wrong, but you know, one of the things I can tell you, let me just tell you, can I, can, I mean, hopefully this is, this is, shouldn't be an embarrassment to Diana or myself. I mean, it really is more embarrassing to me because I, I quit something that I could have kept going with. And, but she, you know, her and I got together when she was 17 years old and she was pregnant. We got married and she dropped out of high school. You don't have a high school degree. So she dropped out one month. She was basically straight A's and just maybe a B or so. So this is a super smart person that would, if it weren't for me, would be probably like a freaking like industrial engineer. I would have a master's in economics. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I had straight A's, but. You pretty much did. So let me just say this. We were the exact opposite. Myself, (laughs) I graduated with a 2.5, like 2.4.99999, like pushed right over to a five. And I basically, you know, by grace graduated. She would have graduated with like a, you know, 3.5 or 3.7. But here's the deal. She quit because you know of me and she got out of school one month before graduation and then here I am um you know my my family aspired for me to go to college I had no interest I went to HCC Hillsborough Community College and I went if you call it going I went for like maybe six classes like six classes and finally they told me to stop coming because there was no reason for me to be there that you know and um and so they, they're legit. That's what happened. So you're talking to people that shouldn't have made it that way. So the reality is we've done something right because and only because of, of God. And we're, we're running out of time. Let's go like three minutes overtime here just just because I, I, I want to we're going to have to finish this tomorrow for sure. And that's good. But, you know, trust God with your finances. And that's where, really where we're going. And, and, you know, and the stories, I think, just make it that m- more real, you know, but it requires a commitment to him. And, you know, I want to read the scripture because the scripture before we end today, and then we'll we'll pick right back up tomorrow um, with this, and we have a lot to talk about, but I want to read the scripture so that you know where this is built off of and what God says about this in the word of God. And it's in Malachi 3, 10 through 12, and this is New Living Translation. This is what God says, okay? This is the word of God. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. So you understand the reason for the tithe. The reason for the reason for the tithe is because is to is to fund the gospel. That in other words, that that is how bills are paid for the church. That is how you know that's how it happens. I mean, you know, I don't know if you realize this. I mean, we're a business and we sell businesses and they pay us and then we pay our employees and we pay our bills and we pay ourselves and what have you. The church is doesn't sell anything. They are the gospel is is something that's supported by believers and so to bring the tithe into the storehouse. So can I just say this too? I really feel like that, you know, if you're plugged into a church that pours into you, then you should pay tithe to that church. You know, there's other areas and ways you can give to other ministries. But listen, if that church is providing to my pastor and the staff and the people and the worship, and they, they're there for me. You know, yesterday I went to church and I was touched by the Spirit of God and it gave me food for this week. It touched my life. And, it's, and, it, and so I'm, I'm going to support that because because God used them to pour into me. So to bring the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, there's a condition right there. If you do, if the operative word says the Lord, I, who will? God will. Open the windows of heaven. Now look, I don't know how big your windows are. Okay. I don't know how big your windows are in your house. But if you read the translation of what this means, it means I will rip open a hole in the side of heaven. That's a big window. That's what it, it translates into. I will tear open the side of heaven and I will pour out a blessing 
so great, you won't have room enough to take it in. I don't know about you, but I, I want that. Try, then this is the only time in scripture where he says this. He says, try me. Put me to the test. And then he goes on to say, your crops will be abundant. Now, if you're, out, if you're not out in the field planting agriculture right now because the people he was writing to did, that's how they lived, it means, it means your business. It means your family. It means, it means your investments. Whatever your crops are, your crops will be abundant. For I, for I will guard them from insects and disease, the things that came and ate the crops before. So what's going to eat your investment? What's going to eat your finances? It means that he'll protect you. I will protect them from insects and disease. Your grapes or whatever fruit you produce will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, meaning that they will produce whatever benefit fruits are designed to benefit, whatever you are producing, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Why? Because your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now that is why that is the power of tithing. Amen? We're out of time, but can we get in this tomorrow? What do you want to say to wrap it up today to make someone listen tomorrow? Um, I'm just going to comment on a couple of the comments. I agree with you. Back before, I wouldn't have wanted someone commented, it helps to automate some of your expenses. That's true. If you automate some of them before you have the ability to go buy whatever it is your your guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. it's already automatic. I think that's a great way. There was Actually. a time in our life that an automatic payment would have been very fearful and boing, it probably boing, would have boing. not gone through. <laughs> so, But I think <laughs> once you get those disciplines, I think that's a good thing. And I agree with you. A, a degree is a piece of paper because I feel like I'm a lot smarter than some people um, with pieces of paper on their wall. But um, <laughs> and that's where the humility that uh, Patrick talks about yes. comes in right there. She's... And, um, <laughs> Go ahead. I'm usually not like that. No, but um, just a live on air. Yeah, just I'm just kidding. <laughs> he brings it out in me. Um, but <laughs> um, well, I can't go. And I, I agree can't wait tithing is actually less of an obligation and more of a gift. And um, I think it's when you again that goes back down to a heart posture, I think. So all of even in giving is a heart posture. And I think if you set yourself up to give God what's his first, and then also, you know, there's great um, you know, faith-based um, financial um, examples, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, putting money aside. I think that's one of the things that's going to come do we out. Listen, why should we listen tomorrow? Tell, tell them why they should listen tomorrow. I'm gonna, you're going to bring the heat tomorrow. Tell them why. I want you to put you on the spot. I want you to pitch tomorrow and why someone should listen tomorrow. <laughs> come on, try it. Yes, you are. You, um, sold, you, you sold me. Actually, you sold me. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> pitch, the, pitch to them why they should listen tomorrow, babe. Um... I think that we, I don't really know, to be honest with you. If you're watching tomorrow, I would say, man, that's awesome that you gave us another shot, even though um, I don't think we have anything other than principles that we've learned the hard way. Um, I'm not a perfect, we're not perfect at it, but I think we've learned hard knocks. And um, I think somehow in that we got back up and God honored it and blessed it. But that came back down to honoring him. First so can we talk a little bit about how, like as we go from Tuesday into relationship on Wednesday and all that kind of stuff, can we can we, can we we get a little transparent maybe and find out and talk about a little bit of the hard knocks? You good? Maybe. All right. <laughs> That's why you need to tune in. You heard her. She said maybe. <laughs> I get that answer so many times from Diana. Hey, Diana, we were thinking about doing this. Maybe. 
It's not a yes or a no. It's you're a right. So you're saying there's a chance. That's all, the that's worst, all I heard. Actually, the worst one Diana gives me is not maybe. Uh, it's let me yes, think about suspense. it. And I'm like, oh, snap. That means this ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, song of the day today is Give Me Faith from uh, Elevation. Because uh, realistically, we talked a lot about tithing today. And realistically, tithing comes from a big and giant leap of step in faith. Yes. You have to have it in order to do it. So I felt like it was very appropriate. Thank you all for tuning in. If you were live with us on Facebook or YouTube and you you happen to miss a show, maybe you're going to be out of town and you want to catch us on the go, make sure you hit the subscribe button on Apple or Spotify podcasts. If you're on Apple and Spotify listening to us on the go and you ever have a chance to join us live, which is Monday through Friday every morning at 8.30 a.m. EST, you can search David Villa Game Changer on Facebook and YouTube and we'll come right up. Make sure you guys check out Faith Gear, faithgear.co. All of our newest stuff is up on the site. We're actually going to be uh, redoing our site, so it should be up, I believe, at the end of next week. So it'll be a little bit easier to navigate. Plus, we can also lay out some of the things we're planning on doing with Faith Gear as this year progresses. Uh, our newest Bible plan, I don't know if Dave's got an email yet. Um, I think he's checking right now. Should be live today. If we have, if it's not already live, it will be live in the next hour or so. It is called CrossFit. It's a seven-day plan. Please go check it out. We got, we hope you guys will actually love it. I read through it. I loved it. But thank you all for listening. It's been a wonderful show. I'm looking forward to watching Dave and Diana wrestle with each other for the rest of the week on the podcast. I think it's going to be fun. And Ashton just randomly making comments off to the side. <laughs> but on that note, Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.